0: the more we consider how we're speaking to ourselves and how we're interpreting our world, the more we feed that to ourselves, you know, the greater impact it's gonna have on us. So if we tell ourselves our life is difficult and stressful and scary, that's how we're gonna experience life. But if we tell ourselves that, you know, we're strong and resilient and that life is for living and that we can choose our happiness and joy and we can choose to live a life that feels fulfilling, the more we're going to to live a life that is full of of happiness and the more satisfied we're gonna feel.
1: I think I wanna dive right in um, to maybe the first question I had was what, causes us to be anxious, and it's kind of a general, very vague question, but I think I'd love to know um, your explanation on what actually happens to our body when we feel that anxious feeling. So the only message that we get is like kind of maybe the tickle in our tummy or like the shakes or, you know, um, the the nervousness or, or kind of maybe sweating or something like that, whatever symptoms it might be. what actually is going on inside the brain at that point in time to cause us um, that anxious reaction?
0: Well, I think it's actually a brilliant question and a brilliant question to start on because in my work as a psychologist, one of the first things I will do when I'm working with somebody around anxiety or stress will be to explain to them exactly what's happening for them because if we don't have an understanding or an awareness of it, you know we can't help ourselves, or we can't make changes. So that's something I do a lot in my work. You know, psychoeducation, and it's something I do a lot on my Instagram page as well, just teaching mm. people and helping them understand these things. So it's a brilliant question. So we're uh, we're actually evolutionary primed to experience anxiety. It's something that we experience, and we're programmed to ex- experience to help keep us safe from danger. So if you imagine back in the day, the hunter-gatherer you know, would be a threat to real danger from wild animals. Um, So anxiety is our body's way of keeping us safe. So when we feel that we're in a dangerous situation, our body will start to respond to that. So adrenaline will be released in our brain and that will, on a physiological level, change our bodies, how we're, you know, how we're feeling in the moment it will change how our body's responding to the moment so things happen like our senses increase our heart starts to beat faster it pumps blood to our more blood to our body our airways and our lungs open up we breathe faster more oxygen is sent to our brain so our body responds to try help us to I suppose Survive the danger, and what we'll do is we'll go into flight, fight, or freeze mode, which I'm sure you've heard of. Mm. And that just means that our body will either fight off the threat. So if it's a wild lion that's about to Mm -hmm. attack us, we'll try to fight the wild lion. We'll try to flee, so run away from the lion, or we'll we'll freeze. You know, often we hear if you come across a wild bear, sometimes freezing can be a A really good strategy so yeah we go into that fight fight or or freeze mode what also happens is cortisol is released in our body in that moment as well and this switches off kind of non-essential body systems and also kind of fuels our fight flight or um freeze response as well as that um Glucose, our blood sugars will be released to give us more energy. And mm. we will also take energy from fat stores in our body. So our body's working really hard to protect us in that moment. And the thing we have to consider with anxiety, especially in our world nowadays, it's not that often that we're around these serious threats to our safety. We might be if we're crossing the road in a car or a bus is coming speeding towards us. And yes, that evolutionary response is really important in that moment. But often a lot of us experience really heightened anxiety when our world isn't really in that much danger. So we really need to be careful how we speak to ourselves, how we perceive the situations and the events around us, because Our brain doesn't see the external world. Our brain relies on what we tell it about the external world. So often we can feel really, really anxious and actually we're not in that much of of a danger. We're just telling ourselves we are. So if we can learn to control that and manage that and build awareness to what we're telling ourselves, that can hugely help our anxiety levels.
1: Mm. So it really, really starts with those input thoughts. I can I can see it like a cycle, like a a, a vicious cycle, if you want to say like Mm. about, you know, it begins with thoughts and then the thoughts go into your brain. It causes your body to react in a certain way. And then your output is the anxious um, feeling or, you know, if you if you're sweating or shaking or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, so how, so I'm sure then if you have somebody, you know, that if, if it's a client or you're, you're speaking with somebody who's really anxious over when they're not even sure what it is at all. Like, I think a lot of people don't don't notice the triggers during the day you know they they don't really see those triggers and that also takes some work too to figure out okay well what's really triggering it where are the bad thoughts actually stemming from so do you do you go back and kind of look at where those bad thoughts have stemmed from or where that and where those initial thoughts have stemmed from and what they what they look like is that important in the process
0: yeah absolutely and I suppose you know, as I'm talking, I'm thinking as well that anxiety can be really, really hard to, I suppose, claim back control over. You know, I, I might say, oh, all we have to do is X, Y, and Z, but actually it can mm. be really, really difficult to to quieten and to calm our anxiety. And it's definitely a practice. But the good news is, it's something that we can definitely get better at. You know, the more we help ourselves to feel safe and to calm our anxiety, the the better we become at that, the easier it becomes for us. And the more our neural pathways in our brain get used to firing in that way. And also, you know, I will talk about the triggers and how to build awareness as well. But I just wanted to say that I experience anxiety as well. You know, even though I'm a psychologist and even though I know all this stuff and I know what to do and I know what to say and I know how to calm my system down, I experience anxiety as well. I've always experienced anxiety. Um, And it's something that I talk about quite a lot on my Instagram page. So yeah, I really wanted to get that message across before I go into, you know, how to overcome it or how to start building awareness, because it can be really hard. There's days that I feel really, really anxious. And it might be because I have something coming up, like uh, a wellness talk, and I have performance anxiety. It might be you know, when the world reopens a little bit, you know, I'm sure that lots of us will feel anxious, you know, neutralizing again. Um, You know, I'm going to be starting weaning with my little girl soon and I know I'm going to be feeling really anxious watching her take, you know, choking and gagging big, you know, a big fear of mums who are weaning. So anxiety is really normal. And I, I guess even in that instance with my little girl, um, the fact that I'll be sitting there and feeling a little bit anxious will probably be uh, beneficial in a small way as well, that I am, I suppose, primed to respond if something does happen. But anyway, going back to your question. Yes, anxiety triggers, we all experience them, you know, every day, probably multiple times a day. So if we can figure out what those triggers are, if we can build awareness to what sets off our alarm signals in our body, That can really help us to manage them in the moment, but then also, I suppose, work on ourselves and choose the situations that we're putting ourselves in, or having a little safety plan in mind for if we know we're gonna do something that's gonna really heighten our anxiety, how we're gonna manage it. And there's lots Mm of anxiety management kind of strategies and techniques and tools that we can use as well. And some of them are as simple as just focusing on our breathing, which we can do you know, wherever we are and people won't even notice that we're doing it. Mm.
1: And I, I know that somebody listened to this, maybe who has a lot of anxiety, has experienced a lot of anxiety, um, is hearing us say, you know, like, you know, focus on your breathing and stuff. But I've actually been through the the whole therapy, the CBT, CBT therapy cycle and have been able to Use those tools that at this at the point when you're really anxious and someone tells you to breathe more, you just want to say, like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you think somebody's crazy for telling you to breathe more. Mm. But these things really, really work. And I don't want to, to your point, I don't want to undermine how how tough anxiety is for people um you know and it can be chronic and it can be you know just over overwhelming take over your life I don't want to undermine that at all but um you know I do I do want to um share a little bit of my personal experience that these tools that you're talking about and we'll talk about journaling a little bit later on do really work um and it's not simple, but there's there's simple ways to um that I found that have, have worked and, and helped uh with my anxiety at the time. So um I just want to to make that note. Um can I move on to the next question? So um and we'll probably go kind of back and forth um around different um aspects of anxiety, but just speaking to the thoughts um themselves. Do, is it true I've heard a myth that our brain actually either holds on to negative thoughts or prefers negative thoughts or something you know like I always think of our thoughts in our brain as like a train going through our brain like these all these crazy thoughts about everything and anything and sometimes you don't even know that you're having so many thoughts but there's so much so much stuff going through your brain some positive some negative you know all these different emotions what's it, it, are we are we made to think negatively or is that is that a myth
0: mm, that's another good question let me tell you something that I suppose I think is going to sound really familiar to a lot of people so say you're in a review and work or you go for an interview and you don't get it and you're getting feedback mm. how many times have you sat there listening to feedback and somebody will tell you 50 things that you did really really well or that you're doing really really well and they might share one kind of piece of constructive criticism something you can work on how often have you left that meeting or that interview feedback or the review and thought to yourself oh my god that one piece of constructive criticism I'm a failure I'm doing a really bad job how many times is that kind of circled around in your head and you completely ignore the 50 positive things that the person just told you?
1: Yeah, very. sounds very familiar.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it sounds, it's like something that I recognize in my life as well. So yes, there's this thing called negativity bias, where we notice, learn from and use kind of negative information more than positive. So We And and also negative information elicits a more rapid and more prominent response in us. So take the news even, for example. At the moment, even with coronavirus, COVID, how often are you sitting there, the news might be on in the background, and they could be talking about different stories, but it would be the one story that's the most threatening or the one story about the most dangerous thing that's happened in the world that will really catch your attention. Mm. So you will recognize and we'll hear the, the really kind of negative information a lot more quickly than we'll hear or register or hold on to the positives. And research even proves that, you know, in TV and in print they always scream like they always show the really i suppose dangerous or the really doom um headlines because that's what grabs attention so this whole negativity bias impacts us in every aspect of our life um so like that with the review when we hear 50 positives and one negative we hang on to that negative and also like with anxiety if we are if 99% of our life is feeling really safe but one thing is feeling under threat like our relationship or our health we'll really spend a lot of time thinking about that and considering that we we'll, or even if we are out going for a walk we will notice the negative a lot quicker And we'll think about the negative a lot quicker than we will the positive. So yeah, it's not a myth. It's absolutely something that happens and that we're primed to experience. But again, like with everything else, if we can understand this and if we can take steps to minimize it or to counteract it, that's possible. So we can learn and we can practice and we can program ourselves to try not to just consider that one negative point, so that we can have a more over, like a rounded view of life around us, or a more optimistic view of ourselves, or of our performance in work, or of how safe our world feels.
1: Mm. So, how, how would somebody go about? Um, so, say if some if you're listening and you have, you feel those negative thoughts. You feel that this one tiny thing in your life that's negative has taken over or, you know, that, um, you know, the the brunt of of the COVID world that we're living in is really weighing on your shoulders. But despite the fact that you might have a job and you might be healthy, your family might be healthy and all these other positive things happening around you. um, Do you... Is it a thing that you capture the thoughts at the beginning like to become more aware of what what you're thinking or how do you kind of how do we train ourselves um, to um, to kind of nip them in the bud or to to minimize that negative thinking taking over?
0: So I would say that this process is kind of twofold. So firstly kind of building an awareness and an understanding of what's happening for you and what's happening in your body. So the symptoms of anxiety that you're experiencing. So becoming like familiarizing yourself with them so that you're aware of when they're happening. So if you're experiencing headaches, nausea, muscle tension, if you're feeling irritable, if you're finding it difficult to concentrate, if you're finding it hard to sleep, if you're feeling like you're sweating a lot or shaking or trembling or if you feel like you have this kind of impending sense of doom. So building an awareness to kind of how you're feeling in your body and to understanding the anxiety or the stress process, how your body responds to it and then how your body feels and also how your thoughts manifest. So what those thoughts might be. um, If you feel like Going out, Say, for example, we'll go back to COVID again. If you feel like going out into public is really threatening for you, to become aware of the thoughts that you're having while you're out and about or that maybe you're telling yourself that's preventing you from going out. Um, So, yeah, trying to become really aware of the thoughts that you're having. I think, you know, you mentioned journaling. Writing down these things can be hugely powerful because if in the moment we can track how we're feeling and write it down, and then go back and look at it when we're feeling less physiologically aroused, when we're feeling calmer, it can build our awareness. So, learning from ourselves, building that awareness. And then, you know, with that awareness, we can make changes. So, the changes might be drawing on some kind of tools and strategies to calm our anxiety in the moment, to calm down our physiological response. So, really, really powerful way of calming our physiological response is to immerse our face in ice cold water and what happens with that is that it switches off the sympathetic nervous system and starts the activates the parasympathetic nervous system so it literally reached like it literally it's like a light switch and it changes how our body is firing and how our body is responding to the moment. so it will change the brain chemicals that are being released in our brain and that will change how you know our blood um flow is responding it will change our breathing it will change our heart rate it will change everything about how our body wow. is in the moment so we can have these really powerful tools to just literally re like flip that switch and help our body to stop firing in that way and then if we can calm our body down in that way the thoughts will lessen as well and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, kind of immersing our face in ice cold water has been proven to be really beneficial. Breathing has been proven to really reset our body's um, response. So it's like the sympathetic um, nervous system. It's like when you're putting your foot on the accelerator in the car. So we're driving ourselves to feel um, this way. And then the parasy- parasympathetic nervous system. It's like putting your foot on the brake. And it slows down our response, slows down our bodily functioning. So immersing your face in cold water, breathing, meditating, just taking a moment out, removing yourself from the stress, that can really help as well. You know, if you're in a meeting and if you're feeling really anxious, stepping outside the meeting, going to the toilet for a couple of minutes and breathing in private, things like that that can really help. Or distracting yourself from the anxiety, switching off the news. Um, I suppose, distracting yourself from the circling thoughts in your head, turning on some music, dancing around the kitchen, going for a walk. I think energy, changing our energy can really help as well. So there's lots that we can do. And if the more we practice these things, the more effective we become at, at slowing down that kind of anxiety feeling and response in our body and switching off and quietening the thoughts.
1: Mm, so it's really fair to say that you have to really act on the at the in the moment the more effective it is to act in the moment that that you can I know sometimes it's not you know possible to leave a meeting or to leave a situation or whatever but it seems from what you're saying is um to really act when in that moment and to continue practicing these things around in the day um but I think, as well, like when people talk about these these um, ways to, um, I I'm I'm hearing nip them in the bud. You know, I'm hearing like you take a moment to meditate, you take a moment to journal, you're really doing things in that moment or you know every day that you really have to take action. And at the I think at the t- at the start it will feel very foreign to you, like especially if somebody has never practiced meditation or practiced uh journaling or anything like that, it probably feels foreign, I think. But then to your point about um the more you practice them, the more um the more effective they become and the more um you'll feel the benefits of them.
0: Exactly. Um, and it's so true what you say. So it's really important to find a strategy or an exercise that that you like and that works for you you know meditation might work for one person and then it might be it might make the the other person even more anxious yoga might work really well for me but it might not work for you the deep breathing tends to work really really well for for a lot of people so that's a really simple way to start um mm-hmm. and that's one of the tools you can do you know use anywhere and at any time um so the more we practice it and at the start we might feel like we're making ourselves even more anxious with these strategies but the more we practice them the more we get used to them and again the more our brain gets used to to doing them so it will strengthen the brain pathways so that it becomes more natural to us so you mentioned that you um experienced CBT and you went for CBT therapy and I think that's it's a really good place to start with learning to I suppose get a grasp on your anxiety in the moment learning to understand what's happening for you how your thoughts are fueling your body's response to anger how your thoughts are making you feel more anxious but also then to consider you know where the anxiety has stemmed from in the first place so you know, we experience anxiety for lots of different reasons. It might be that there is a genetic link. So if a family member of ours experiences anxiety, we can be more predisposed to experiencing anxiety as well. So that might be one way. There might be a biological connection. So it might be the level of our brain chemicals in our brain at the moment, which we can rebalance in lots of ways. But one way might be medication. It might be our personality and our temperament we might be more predisposed again to anxiety like I've I've experienced anxiety since I was a little girl from I can remember feeling anxious when I was like seven you know it's been a part of my life for a long time I even see with my one of my little girls she's three and a half now she has always had she's always been quite sensitive so She's always been afraid of Santa. she's always been afraid of mm. you know the characters say in Disney World that walk around. Yeah. She would always be terrified of those kind of characters. She'd never want to be close to them um she's always really careful when she's like climbing that she's gonna yeah. fall off um so you know our temperament and personality can make us more predisposed to anxiety, then also experiences that we've gone through, so in early childhood and in adulthood so if we've experienced trauma excuse me if we've experienced abuse if as children we've experienced a, a big loss in our lives or the separation of our parents things like that all of these factors link to the anxiety that we experience if we're going through a big change in our life like if we're experiencing an illness the birth of a child um the the ending of a relationship, all of these things can heighten our anxiety. So as well as working on them in the moment and learning what's happening at the time and how to manage that, it's working through what we've learned about the world. If we've learned that the world is a really dangerous, scary place, for example, if we don't feel like you know our primary caregivers were that responsive to us and that the world was really, really scary when we were little, it's learning to understand that we went through that experience and why we went through that experience and giving ourselves like i suppose some self compassion for why we might be experiencing anxiety as well and then ways to try to work on lessening that as well so you know it's it's quite a complex thing and anxiety can hit for lots of different reasons um so it's building an awareness to all of that
1: yeah, which really kind of I think the the big commonality there would be um, the fact that everyone has lived through this COVID world and this change. Mm. So I think that also kind of brings up another question that I was I was going to ask you about how we can I suppose you you've answered a lot of it there really is is to understand that these big life changes and when things change around us it does heighten our anxiety, but it also probably um, you know it instills an anxiety in people who might not necessarily have felt it because they they have to change everyone has to change the whole way that they're thinking like you know about the world and about life as they knew it and and mm-hmm. um And things like that so I think your your point there about self-compassion is is really relevant and important and something we need to remind ourselves of and you know if we didn't have anxiety before the pandemic and now we do that's okay and that's not unusual or you know it's it's normal it's it's you know um and something that everybody is experiencing as well um across you know across the whole world Absolutely.
0: And if yeah. you consider, you know, what I've said about anxiety. Anxiety is our body's response to a threat. And COVID has been a huge threat in our lives for the last year. You know, it's been a real threat that we've been considering. So of course our anxiety levels have gone up. And also a lot of our like self-care resources have been taken away from us or the things that really help us to feel well like our social interactions um going to the gym if that's something that really helps your well-being meeting a friend for coffee just getting a break from you know real life I really miss going on holidays and I only realized over the last year it's the escapism of all the kind of stresses of life like work Mm. and you know maybe financial considerations um it's just this escapism. So COVID has robbed us of a lot. So all of that is impacting our anxiety levels as well. And something else actually that just jumped to mind there is that with anxiety, it's also possible to change our environments to remove some of the anxiety stressors as well. So, you know, if the news, if listening to the news really Makes you feel very anxious. Stop listening to the news or limit the amount of times that you allow yourself to tune into it. You know, bring it back to once a day or once every two days. And then you're not going to be in that, you know, situation where your anxiety is going to be heightened from it. You know, also, if we're not sleeping, if we're not giving enough time to, if we're not prioritizing sleep enough allow ourselves to, to sleep more or at least to rest more because lack of sleep can really heighten anxiety. Um, exercise really, really helps with anxiety management. You know, finances and relationships can really stress us out and make us feel anxious as well. So considering if the people that we're surrounding ourselves with are, you know, if they're bringing us more anxiety in our lives than positivity um because it's possible to change some of our relationships as well or take a step back um even though that can be incredibly hard to do um so yeah it's worth thinking about your environment and your life and the things that are causing you stress and anxiety you know our work can do that for us as well are you in a job that's really stressing you out can you make changes within that Or can you boundary it? Or can you change your job if it's really, you know, bringing you a lot of anxiety? So it's possible to make some changes as well, that with those changes, our anxiety levels will lessen.
1: Mm, For sure. It's like, I think people are coming again, up against these challenges that, you know, they may have been too busy to really notice or or to, to understand the process. But to your point about everything being taken away—the holidays, the coffee with a friend, the, you know, all the the different fun stuff that we used to, um, to use to help alleviate the the other the craziness—I suppose that that comes with life—has um, been taken away. So, um, I know you mentioned, um, you know, meditation might not be for somebody, or different ways to, um, to manage the thoughts. Um, are, are different for, look different for every people, every person. Sorry, um, but I do I do want to uh, touch on journaling because um, I know you speak to journaling a lot, and it's it's something that um, I know a lot of people really find value in, and um, it's become really really popular. Um, can we talk a little bit about what journaling um, looks like, or I think people might not understand the concept or what they really should should do or what kind of um things they should aim for when when trying to to journal
0: yeah I think it can be one of these things where you hear journaling all the time or like with gratitude you hear about gratitude all the time but you're like oh what actually is it and sometimes you don't want to actually ask the question because um you're worried that you're going to come across um, as a little bit stupid or something like that. Um, yeah. It happens to all of us. You know, sometimes in meetings, there's questions I want to ask. And I'm like, don't ask, Clodagh. You should know the answer to <laughs> this. Um, well, journaling, it's just putting pen to paper, you know, writing down how you're feeling. Lots of people have lovely journaling notebooks, but it could be as simple as writing down on a scrap of paper. And anything, it can be writing down anything that comes to mind So it might be that you're feeling really anxious. I know this works wonders for me. If I'm feeling really anxious in my body, but I'm not sure what's going on for me, what's triggered it, if I spend 10, 15 minutes, even five minutes, just sitting down in silence by myself, writing down how I'm feeling, it can often really build my awareness to what's triggered it for me. Um, Even this morning, I was opening um, an email from somebody And I just got this surge of fear in my body that it was going to be a negative response from an email that I had sent to somebody. And that just sometimes happens to me. And it wasn't, you know, 99.9%. It's not not what I anticipate it's going to be. But this kind of impending sense of doom is something that I'm really familiar with. And probably lots of people who are listening are really familiar with as well. So if we write down how we're feeling, Um, and if we write down what's going on for us even if you're not sure and you just say I don't know what's going on for me today I'm feeling really anxious I felt really anxious opening that email I'm not sure what it is the longer you spend writing the more you might be able to figure it out Um, so it helps us to really build awareness to how we're feeling but also it helps us to process our emotions or to kind of Mm. work through our emotions so with our emotions there's energy attached to them and if we don't allow ourselves to kind of make sense of them and work through them and process them we don't let ourselves kind of release that energy so if we're feeling really anxious if we're feeling really fearful we need to kind of work through why we're experiencing that to help us to manage it but also to help us to release it and let go of it um so if we write down the impact that it's having on us, how we're feeling, it can help us to release that energy. It can help us to to spend a little time with the emotion and then to to feel it and then to release it or heal it. Um, and that's really, really powerful and really important for our emotional health as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's so I think underestimated. Um, mm-hmm. but I think people, it's like to the to your point you made at the start. It's kind of like sounds such like an, a vague airy fairy um concept but it's actually just very simple and it's it's actually I find it beneficial even when you don't have anxiety to really sit with your with your thoughts at the end of the day and you'll be surprised at how how much stuff you discover about yourself and about um you know the way that you process things. Like even if it's not an anxious day, or you know you've had a good day, it's it's really it's really I find beneficial and empowering to to do to to journal even on the good days.
0: Um, Absolutely, because we all you know we experience emotions to. So, you know, our emotions are messages to us about how we're interpreting the world around us. So some of our emotions, like fear, can be really hard to sit with. But then there's emotions like happiness and joy that, you know, are really lovely to spend time with. And we, if we sit down and write about it, something that's made us really happy, that's going to have a really... Pu- positive boost on how we're feeling too um so all of us experience emotions all of us experience fear all of us experience anxiety to some extent you know it's a spectrum like everything else so spending time with ourselves building an awareness to how we're feeling that can give us a boost and it also can lessen some of our worries some of the stresses that we're experiencing and can give us give us a nudge to make changes as well if we're sitting down after work every day and saying I'm feeling really stressed out you know my relationships and work are really impacting me or the job itself is really impacting me without that awareness we can't make any changes um and you know I think the the goal in life for all of us is to live happy, fulfilled lives where we feel content and um, satisfied in our relationships and in how we're spending our time. So, yeah, if we want to live happy lives, it's really important to discover and to check in with ourselves with how we're feeling.
1: Mm, bring it on. I love it. Um, I wanted to ask you a personal question about um any books that you read? Um, I love asking this question because I feel like people, you know, if they if they hear you chat or they followed you on social media, they're always like, um, they want a PC or they want to, you know, they want to continue on this conversation um or, you know, take your advice uh, home. Do you have uh favorite books? And they don't have to be anxiety related, um, but do you have kind of favorite books um in the kind of human behavior, psychology world that you love or always recommend? um I'd love to I'd love to hear them
0: so the book that always comes to mind when people ask me this question is The Choice by Edith Edgar um Mm. or Edith Eager she's do you know her
1: I've read I've read a lot of the book but I haven't finished it I will admit that (laughs) it's
0: it's the type of book that the Mm. first like two thirds of it are really gripping. And then Mm. when she talks about her experience of being a therapist, that kind of loses people. I think it loses me at times as well. But even if you just dip into the first kind of half of the book, it's a really powerful book about, I suppose that happiness and that gratitude and our perception, our life perception is a choice. And that's, I'm really big on that in general. You know, how we live our life is a choice. How we perceive things is a choice. You know, our happiness, 40% of our happiness levels is down to how we live our life and how we intentionally connect with things that bring us joy and happiness. So I love that book. It just really gives a lot of food for a thought. Um, It's based on her experience in um, Nazi concentration camps as a young girl growing up, so I find it really, really powerful. So I love that book. Um, I also recently read um, *Untamed* by Glennon Doyle.
1: Yeah, that's this is another I book read that. that, one that yet.
0: the first half really gripped me, and then I kind of lost interest a little bit as well. But in a similar way, it really just makes you think about, I suppose, how you engage with life, how you engage with yourself. Um, because, like with anxiety, what we tell ourselves about our world and about ourselves, you know, really impacts how we feel about ourselves and our life. So, the more we consider how we're speaking to ourselves and how we're interpreting our world, the more we feed that to ourselves. You know, the greater impact it's going to have on us. So, if we tell ourselves our life is difficult and stressful and scary, that's how we're going to experience life. But if we tell ourselves that, you know we're strong and resilient, and that life is for living, and that we can choose our happiness and joy, and we can choose to live a life that feels fulfilling. The more we're going to to live a life that is full of of happiness, and the more satisfied we're going to feel. So, you know, I'm probably explaining it in simplistic terms, and it's, it's hard work. Like with anxiety, quieting and calming our anxiety can be really hard, but we have the power to do it. You know, it's all within our control. Mm.
1: I, 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 Untamed is a big one. I haven't actually read that one yet, but I know people like people who I don't expect, um, who who read it like my friends and, you know, people I follow on social media love it. So um, Mm. I definitely must put it on the list for this year.
0: In terms of anxiety, feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, I think the author is Susan Jeffries. That's a big one in terms of pushing through fear and anxiety and research shows that if we if we can push through if we can expose ourselves to the things that make us feel scared we can overcome them and in the process we'll feel more confident about ourselves so it's like a double whammy because we'll Discover that things aren't actually as scary as we perceive them to be, and we also feel more confident in ourselves and more resilient because of it. Um, and the research really backs that up. So, you know, I don't know about you, but there's often things that I'd be really fearful about. I was ringing somebody recently, and I was really anxious about the call. And I was so anxious that I was telling my friend about it, and then the call went absolutely fine. You know, it, mm. it, thing, we build things up for ourselves.
1: I do. It's crazy. We yeah. tell ourselves so much stories. <laughs> yeah.
0: And we forget how competent we are. So a big strategy of mine when it comes to my anxiety, because I experience anxiety all the time, is reminding myself that I'm capable, you know, that I'm capable of getting through things. So if a conversation is really difficult, I'm capable of getting through that conversation. And that might sound really simple, but it really helps with my anxiety. It's like another way to self-soothe, which again, really combats anxiety and it's like with a small child if you tell them that everything's okay and that they're going to be okay and that life is going to be okay you know that's soothing we need to tell ourselves that as well so often I'll tell myself even if something's going to be incredibly difficult that I'm capable and that I'll overcome it and that I've overcome all the other things that I've found really scary in
1: life as well. Mm. So feel the fear and do it anyway.